Hey everybody, welcome or welcome back to the Fuel Church Podcast. We're so excited that you're joining us today. We want to thank all of you that give generously to this ministry. It's because of your giving that this ministry is possible. To give, you can visit us at thefuelchurch.com. We hope this message inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. But today, somebody say today. I want to talk to you about the power of prayer and fasting. Now, don't get off the train. Come on, stay on with me. Um, because when you, when you talk about prayer and fasting in a church, it's the quickest way to kill a shout. Because um, we, none of us are excited about pushing the plate aside and skipping some meals, right? Uh, we, we love to indulge and we just came out of a season of indulging where we didn't eat just one piece of cake. We ate four. Come on, somebody. We didn't eat just one plate at dinner. We had three or four. And so, um, we're going to go to God's word. And I I believe by the time we're done today that you're going to have a biblical understanding Uh, from God's word on what prayer and fasting is and the combination of those two together, according to the word, is a powerful, powerful thing. So from the beginning of our church, uh, we're celebrating our eighth year uh, of Fuel Church this year. Yeah, come on. Eight. And we, we set a priority to start the first of the year with 21 days of prayer and fasting to seek God first at the start of the year. And we do this collectively um, as a church every January. And so together we faithfully seek God first, trusting in his power alone to create a lasting impact in our lives personally, in our church, and in our community. The goal of prayer and fasting is simply to draw near to God, to draw near to God. Uh, uh, the simplest definition of fast, biblical fasting is this, eliminating distractions, especially food, for a spiritual purpose. And so m- many of you in here have fasted maybe for medical reasons, right? Maybe you had a procedure, a surgery. This is not that. This is totally different. This is fasting for spiritual purposes so that we can really just hit the reset button on our spiritual life, right? And it begins to renew us from the inside out. As we fast, it also helps us to celebrate the goodness and mercy of God. And more importantly, it prepares our individual hearts for the work that God has ordained for us this year. Do you know that God has a work for you to do this year? Do you know that you weren't put on this planet for just any reason, but you were put here by a divine destiny that God has placed on your life. And there are people that God is going to bring across your path, and there is a work for you to do. And as we step into this season of prayer and fasting, it helps reveal the work that God has for us. And I truly believe as as we set aside these 21 days, it really sets the course for the entire year. Uh, for us. And I could give you story and testimony after testimony of people's lives that have been changed uh, over the years because of these 21 days. And uh, if if you've never stepped out into something like this, uh, I believe by the time we're done, you're going to be excited, uh, maybe a little scared, but you're going to be excited to step out and and push away that that peach pie. Come on, somebody. And uh, seek God. Amen. 
And really, it's the tithe principle. Somebody say the tithe. We talk about the tithe, and many people in the church just think that's money, and that's part of God's financial system. But the tithe is whatever you do first, and whatever you do first matters. And so we're taking this first month of a new year, and we're saying, God, we're tithing to you these 21 days, because we know if you're not in our lives in a powerful way for the next 11 months, then there's no reason to move on. Come on. How many need more of God this year than last year? How many, how many believe that in order for change to take place, there's got to be change in our hearts? And if this is going to be the best year of your life, it's got to be the best year of your life spiritually because everything in your life is attached to your spiritual life. If you're going to have the best year financially, it's got to be the best year of your life spiritually. If you're going to have the best year of your life mentally and relationally and so on and so on, it's got to be the best year of your life spiritually. Every year we have goals, right? Some of you have set some fitness goals, right? And by February 1st, those goals are done. The gym is packed right now. Membership is up. Come on now. The, the elliptical machine is dropping sweat. But, but come February, we're, we're, we're off track. And so we make goals to get physically fit at the first of the year. We make goals to get financially fit. We make goals to get relationally fit. But what about becoming spiritually fit? What would happen this year if you just said, God, I know it sounds crazy. I've never pushed the plate aside. I've never pushed, you know, some media aside, but this time I'm going to do it and I'm going to focus on getting spiritually fit. I just believe God's going to meet you right there. And I believe breakthroughs are going to come and your life is going to be changed. Amen. And so it's this combination that we see throughout the scripture of prayer and fasting. They go together to produce a spiritual power that cannot come any other way. And that's what Jesus said in Mark's gospel, chapter nine, verse 29. He said that there are some strongholds in our lives that can only be eradicated by the combination of prayer and fasting, prayer and fasting. Now, psychologists say it takes 21 days to make or break a habit, 21 days to make or break a habit. How many would be honest in here to say, I have some bad habits that I want to break in my life. I have some things. I got my hand up. I got some strongholds, man, some, some mindsets, some negative mindsets that I've allowed into my life. And I want to break those things. Come on. How, how many be honest with me? Yeah. Online, they're raising their hand in the house. Yeah. Every hand's up. Praise God. So the best way to describe these 21 days of prayer and fasting is this. It's the need for there to be a disconnect from some worldly and fleshly things and a connect to some godly things. So we're going to unplug, somebody say unplug, and then we're going to plug in to God, right? So we're going to unplug in some areas of our lives and then we're going to plug into God. And the things that we're fasting, it's, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Like food is not a bad thing, right? How many, how many love to eat? Come on now. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's denying your body and your flesh because you want something more than food. You want the presence of God afresh in your heart this year. 
You want change to take place. You're not, you're not satisfied with your spiritual life in 2022. And you know that there's more that God has for your life, for your marriage, for your family. Amen? And so a few analogies of fasting. Fasting is like spring cleaning, right? It's getting all the clutter out. Fasting is like unclogging the pipes. It's our spiritual roto-rooter. Come on, somebody. Fasting is like hitting the reset button on your phone and going back to the original settings. Some of us have gotten away from the original settings and it's time to hit that reset button and go back to the original design that God has for your life. It's right here in the Bible. Amen. We see fasting throughout the Bible in the Old and New Testament. The disciples fasted for freedom from addiction to sins. The disciples, Jesus is small group. Ezra fasted in the Bible for help with financial troubles. Jonah fasted for the city of Nineveh to repent from their sins. Elijah fasted for freedom from depression and emotional healing. Paul fasted when he was faced with a major life decision. Moses fasted before receiving the Ten Commandments. Daniel fasted in order to receive guidance from God. Anna in the New Testament, it is said that she fasted often due to her devotion to God. And then our example, the reason we're here is Jesus, right? He fasted during his victory over temptation. Been tempted lately? Been struggling lately in some areas? Your savior fasted and overcame temptation, and so can you. Are you with me today? Now, fasting is simply an act of humility. Somebody say humility. Humility. I I must go lower, and he must go higher in my life. I must go low, and God, you must go higher. And James talks about this, James 4, 7, and 8. So humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come close to God and God will come close to you. See, God's not far from you. And you and I are as close to God as we choose to be. You and I are as close to God as we choose to be. Why is it in a worship experience like this that the person next to us can be experiencing the presence of God in a powerful way and we're just sitting there like, what is happening? Well, somebody pressed in. Somebody put a demand on the presence of God. Somebody said, I'm coming close to God. And as we draw near to God, he draws near to us. He's not far from you. You may feel like he's far from you. You may feel like he abandoned you, but God is closer than you think. He goes on to say, wash your hands, you sinners, purify your hearts. Watch this. For your loyalty, here's why we got to humble ourselves. For our loyalty, it's divided. It's divided. It's divided between God and the world. Um, um, November, December uh, is a prime opportunity for our, for our loyalty to be divided, right? We get focused a lot on the external and we forget about the eternal. We get focused a lot on the flesh that we forget about the spirit, right? And, and we're drawn towards those things. And our flesh is drawn towards those things of the world. And as we begin to humble ourselves, the Bible says, we have then the power, watch this, to resist the devil and he'll flee from us. 
A lot of the times we don't have the power to resist the temptation of the devil is because we have too much pride in our life. Am I talking to anybody today? I don't feel strengthened in my body, but I feel the anointing right there. Because we, we, we are, we are not humbling ourselves. You know, in the middle of that word, pride is a big I. P R I I D E. Because pride is all about I. It's all about me, myself, and I. But when we begin to humble ourselves and say, God, I'm putting my flesh aside, I'm putting what my body is craving aside because I want something more. There'll always be more food, but I want, I need your touch right now. I need answers right now. I need a fresh touch right now. Now, God is triune, right? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. These three are one, the Bible says, right? We are made in his image. Someone say, in his image. So we are a spirit. We are a spirit. We have a soul that lives in a body. Someone say, I am a spirit. I have a soul that lives in this body. One more time. I am a spirit. I have a soul that lives in this body. All three want to run your life. All three. All three want to be fed. Your body wants to be fed. Your soul wants to be fed. And your spirit wants to be fed. Most of the time, we give more attention to the body and the soul and not the spirit. And we're over here and we love God and we come to church and maybe we serve and we give and we're apart, but our spirit is over here malnourished. Our spirit is over here saying, feed me, feed me. It's the perfect God part of you and I that when you get born again, when you receive Jesus as your savior, he gives you a new heart or a new spirit. The Bible says it's the only perfect part of you. Your body and your soul are imperfect. I said your body and your soul are imperfect. So there'll always be this war. There'll always be this tug of war because all three want to run our lives. So the body, check this out, real quick teaching. And I've taught on this many other times, but I need you to get this because many times a light bulb comes on when, when people hear this. The body connects us to ourselves. The body connects us to ourselves. It, it, it wants to be fed. It wants to be pampered. Come on. It wants to be taken care of, right? And we should take care of our bodies. Amen. We're not saying that. Uh, it wants to be fed. And most of the time it wants to be overfed, right? The body feeds on the carnal appetite of the flesh, the lust and the greed and selfishness. Then we have our soul. Somebody say our soul. So our body connects us to ourselves, but our soul connects us to others. Our soul connects us to others. This is where we have the emotions. This is where soul ties are made. This is where we have friendships and affirmations. And, and, and this is where our emotions of maybe depression, anxiety come from our soul. And then the last part of us is our spirit. The part that will live on forever, church. Do you hear me? One day, my body, your body is going to be put back to the dust of the ground. It is. But your spirit, it's going to live on forever in one of two places. And that's why our vision here is to make heaven a bigger place. Amen. We want to take as many people to heaven as we can. The spirit now connects us to 
God. The spirit connects us to God. When we accept Jesus, we are made new. We have a new spirit. But because of our body and soul, we are not perfect. Look at your neighbor and say, you ain't perfect. I know you think you are, but you ain't. Go ahead and notify them. You ain't got it all together like you think you do with your religious self. All three want attention. All three want to be fed. Watch this. Watch this. Prayer and fasting silences the voices of our body and our soul. Are you with me, church? The amens are getting fewer. (laughs) Silences those voices. Fasting disconnects us from the body and the soul. The body and soul need to be there, but not in charge. Most of the time, our body and soul are in charge of our life, not our spirit, man. We make decisions based on our mind, our will, our emotions. That's what makes up our soul. We make decisions based on what's best for our body, right? And so we have to learn to allow our spirit man to be in control. The only way to do that is to feed your spirit man, is to feed your spirit man. Now, uh, it'd be crazy if, if, so let's say we're not in January. Let's say we're in July or something like that. And, and uh, I say, okay, you know, how many are going to eat one meal in the next seven days? No one would say that, right? Unless you're actually on a fast. Um, but why do we wait seven days to come back to feed our spirit? Because we think the feeding is just on Sunday. And we wonder why Wednesday and Thursday we're struggling in areas of our life. Well, pastor, I just thought that was your job to feed. That is my job to feed the sheep, but you have to learn to be self-fed. Someone told me a couple months ago, man, I just don't feel the presence of God. I just don't know what it is. And maybe it's something going on in in my life, but I I don't know. Maybe I think maybe it's something at the church and maybe it's you pastor. No, 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 no. You are responsible for your own feeding. You are responsible for how close to God you are right now. And if you don't sense his presence like maybe you used to, maybe it's because you're feeding the wrong thing. That's not in the notes, but it's for somebody. So fasting helps us to disconnect for those 21 days. And I encourage a fasted lifestyle. I've lived this. My dad taught us from when we were little. Uh, We were fasting at age nine and 10. Your kids can be a part of this. My kids have always been a part of it. And you talk with them about it. This will help them as well. But um, I've lived this fasted lifestyle. Every Tuesday, my staff will tell you I fast. Breakfast and lunch. And usually I'll eat dinner. Sometimes I won't, but I've just lived this fasted lifestyle because it just helps me to put the flesh under. How many know your flesh gets crazy at times? Some of you don't want to raise your hand, but your flesh is the craziest right now. So then prayer, then someone say prayer. Prayer connects us to God. Prayer is the Wi-Fi signal to God. Okay. And God hears our prayers. God hears your prayers. I said, God hears your prayers. Someone today said, God's not listening to me. I'm here to tell you that he hears your prayers. And the answer to that prayer is never when we want it or expect it. It's always in God's timing. And his ways are better than our ways. And his timing is better than our timing, by the way. That's for somebody today. But prayer connects us to God. 
You say, well, where did God go? Well, God never left and God never stopped talking. It's just we stopped listening. We stopped listening. We stopped listening. Why? Because we focus so much in our lives on our body and our soul that we can't hear God speaking. And a message on a Sunday and a worship on a first Thursday, God is always speaking. It's just a matter, are you listening? For some of you, what you needed, it was when the person hosting came out. It was in that worship song. You needed those lyrics and they hit your spirit. For some of you, it's something when somebody's preaching, but God is always speaking. God is always speaking. And so we have to stay connected. A lot of times we're not hearing what he's saying because we've disconnected from the power source. And when you disconnect from the power source, you no longer get the supply. You no longer get the supply that you need. You no longer get the power that you need to live this life. So it's our tradition at Fuel Church. If you're new here, if you've been around here for a while and you just kind of say, hey, I'll be back in February. It happens. Uh, We love you. But... um, I'm going to challenge you if I'm your pastor, if if I'm not your pastor, just you can listen. But um, if I'm your pastor, it's my job to challenge you according to God's word. But we're going to take 21 days, January 8th through the 28th. I'm going to ask you to prepare your hearts. I'm going to ask you to prepare your, uh, your, what you're going to be fasting and gathering those things that, that you need for that. And I'm calling our church to 21 days to pursue God. We're going to have worship and prayer nights, as we always do. The first one will be this Thursday, right here. One hour, we're going to go in. If you've never been to these, oh man, they are powerful. So come on out and be a part of it. Then the 19th at Westfield and back on the 26th here, 630. We also have 12 to 1 prayer right here in the auditorium, Monday through Thursday. If your schedule allows you to come, be a part of that. Come on out for that. I don't know about you, but I need this in my life this year. Every year I need it because I've allowed some strongholds. I've allowed some negative mindsets to control me. And this just kind of puts that to rest and helps me to focus on my spiritual life and all that God is going to do in my life this year. Can I get a good amen? All right. What fasting is not. Are you ready? What fasting is not. We do not fast to get God's approval. You already got that. You're his child. He loves you. He said you're worth dying for. We do not fast to get God to love us. He'll never love you any more than he does right now. He loves you. We don't, we don't fast for those reasons. Uh, we, we don't fast uh, to diet. It's not a diet. Although there are physical benefits. Amen. Your waistline's going to shrink a little bit. There are physical benefits, but that's not our motive. Our motive isn't, yeah, I'm on a diet. No, if you're on a diet, you're on a diet. Okay. But this is, this is not a diet. Okay. Um, fasting. We don't fast to get material things. We're not fasting for a new Porsche. God, I just believe you give me that new Porsche. God, I just believe you give me that gorgeous blonde at my job. I just, you're married. What are you talking about? (laughs) Uh, We're having a little fun here. We don't pray and fast to look religious. I said, we don't pray and fast to look religious. We don't pray and fast to look more spiritual than the person beside us. No, no, no. Watch this. 
Here's why we do it. We pray and we fast to break off the yoke of those negative forces from our life, our hearts, our relationships, our church, our children, and our marriages. That's why we fast, to break that yoke. Isaiah 58, 6, jot it down. Is this not the fast I have chosen? To loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burden. Some of you are carrying some heavy things right now. The calendar changed, but in you, nothing has changed. The heaviness still weighs you down. The depression, the anxiety, the mental battle that you're facing right now. Come on, we're going to undo those things to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free and that you break every yoke. Come on. Someone say every yoke, every yoke yoke that the enemy has tried to attach itself to you. Every stronghold will be broken as you enter in to this time of prayer and fasting. Simply put, we pray and fast for a changed life. How many need some changes in your life this year? I got both hands up. There's areas in my life I'm not pleased about. There's areas in my life where I felt, God, I've let you down. There's things in my life where I've given it too much attention. There's shows that I've watched that I probably shouldn't have. Can we be real? So I've looked forward to this time where God just begins to clean me and begin to break those yokes and release those heavy burdens. So the remainder of our time, I want to give you four keys, four keys to a successful fast, four keys. We also have handouts they're going to give you on the way out as well. And so it'll have a lot of what I'm talking about and more uh, for those of you who are new to this. Number one, set your prayer objectives. The first key is set your prayer objectives. Simply that means what do you believe in God to do in your life spiritually? What do you believe in God to do? Because this is what I do know. I do know this in my life, that when things improve for me spiritually, it impacts every area of my life. Every area. Every area. If if I am strong spiritually, I am strong mentally, physically, relationally. If I focus on the spirit, come on now, I get strong in every area. Look what James says. You desire, but you do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. But when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives. You ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. So, so, so we're to, our prayer objectives, what we're believing God to do, we're not going to ask with wrong motives. So, so we're not asking God for a new Tesla. Come on now. We're not asking God to win the Powerball lottery, but if you do win, make sure you tithe. (laughs) Come see your pastor. We got some vision. We got some churches, more campuses to build. Amen. Um, um, Our motives need to be spiritually driven, not selfishly driven. Amen. Spiritually driven. So here's a few examples of some prayer objectives, maybe that, that you'll jot down. We need to declare our dependence on God and God alone. We depend on so many things in this world, don't we? We depend on so many things. But when is the last time you put your total dependence, your total trust in God and God alone? Hmm? 
We depend on our job. We depend on our friends. We have dependence on our money. We have dependence on our kids. We have all these things we depend on. But what about saying, God, I'm going to depend on you this year. This is the year I'm going to actually trust you at your word. Even when the storm comes, because anybody can trust him on the mountaintop. Anybody can trust him when checks are showing up in the mailbox and bills are being paid. Come on, somebody. But trusting him through every part of my life. Another prayer objective is for God to reignite your spiritual appetite. Reignite. Some of you used to be so hungry for the things of God, but you no longer have that spiritual appetite. God is saying, come back, taste and see that the Lord is good. I got more for you. I'll reignite that spiritual appetite and you'll be hungry for the things of God and less hungry for the things of this world. Prayer objective would be inviting the presence of God into our lives at a greater level. Closer walk with God, wisdom on decisions, to break addictive personalities, to break strongholds, to break negative mindsets and attitudes, to break lifelong habits. Those are just some of the things. Write them down. Whatever it is you're believing God to do in your spiritual life, write them down. Number two, the second key is this. What type of fat, decide what type of fast you will be doing. Decide what type of fast. Let's look what Jesus says in Matthew. He says, when you fast, don't put on a sad face like the hypocrites. They make their faces look sad to show people they are fasting. I tell you the truth, those hypocrites already have their full reward. So when you fast, comb your hair and wash your face. We're not fasting from cleanliness. Teenagers, you're not fasting for 21 days, no shower. It's not biblical. Jesus just said, comb your hair, wash yourself. Okay. Um, Then people will not know that you are fasting, but your father, watch this, whom you cannot see, will see you. Your father sees what is done in secret and will reward you. I love that. So we don't have to go around telling everybody what we're fasting. We don't have to shout it out to act more spiritual than somebody else because our reward isn't from people. Our reward is from God who sees everything that we do in secret. Are you with me? I love this part scripture because Jesus says twice, when you fast. He implies that this is a spiritual discipline of my followers. When you fast, just like we pray, just like we serve, just like we give, just like we attend the house of God, we also live a life of fasting. Hmm? What are you supposed to fast? That's between you and God, right? Ask the Holy Spirit and he'll show you. I'm going to show you a couple different types of fast here in a moment. A few funny things I've heard over the years about fasting. Someone told me, I'm going to fast from being single. (laughs) A teenager told me once, I'm fasting from going to school. Uh, Someone said, I'm fasting from fasting. (laughs) Funny. Uh, A guy told me, I'm fasting from work, pastor. Uh, Another guy told me I'm fasting from my wife for 21 days. I said, not a good idea, bro. (laughs) You'll be in marriage counseling soon. (laughs) Someone told me I fast when I go to bed until I wake up. (laughs) Another person, this is probably the best one. I fast every day, pastor, in between meals. Two cautions and I'm running out of time. Remember, 
And I, I want you to hear this because so many people get in this religious mindset with this. You are not fasting to earn God's approval. You're his child. He loves you. You already got that. You already got that. And number two, caution is this. Fast only if your health allows it at this time. If you have certain medical needs, make sure you consult your doctor. You can do something, right? You can do something, but consult your doctor on that. And whatever you do, do it in faith. And I know it will honor God. Types of fast, real quick. And all this is in the handout we're going to give you. So I'm going to hit it real quick. There's a complete fast, and that's just liquids, juice, and water, right? That's no food. Second type of fast is the Daniel fast. It's most common on what the people of this church uh, launch into, and that's just fruits and vegetables only. Then there is a partial fast, and that could be a couple different things. Sun up to sundown, you don't eat anything, or you only eat one meal a day. And then everybody can do this, and I encourage it, and that is the soul fast. Exit social media for 21 days, and your life will be better. It'll be better, I promise you. Social media, internet, uh, video games, Netflix, shows, binge watching. Come on now. Um, uh, how about the news? <laughs> we could all do ourselves a favor and fast the news for 21 days. And breakthroughs would happen in our life, right? So, so those are some of the different types of fast. The third key is this. Whatever fast you decide, just make sure you put to death your flesh. That's the whole point of it. Make sure it has some sort of challenge, okay? If you hate broccoli, you're not going to fast broccoli for 21 days, okay? You're, you're doing it just to say you're doing it, and there's really no benefit. You understand what I'm saying? So whatever you're doing, make sure it's killing your flesh. Romans 8, 13, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. And I think we all have some fleshly tendencies that we could put to rest, some things that we've left unchecked that are now strongholds or addictions in our life. And let me just say this. I hate fasting. I said it there. I said it for you. I hate it. My body hates it. My body hates it. My mind hates it. I'm going to have, I know, aches in my stomach. I'm going to have headaches. All these things are going to happen, but my spirit loves it. And I love the results that take place. And I love the change that takes place in my mind, in my thought process. And so no one says, man, this is just awesome. Every day was awesome. Now you're going to have some days where, especially after you go several days, you're going to see that first worship night is bananas up in here because everybody's in tune in the spirit. So when you come in, you're going to be like, wow, I feel something. Yep. Because we're all focusing on our, we're feeding our spirit, right? And so there, there's awesome things that happen. And the last thing is expect results. Expect God to move in your life like never before. Some of you have lost your expectation. Like you love God, you believe in God, you're going to heaven, but you no longer believe that he can do miracles. You no longer believe that he can set you free. You no longer really believe that he can save your lost family members. You no longer believe that you can be used by God because of the past sins that you've had in your life. Expect God to show up anew and afresh 
in your life. Expect God to invade every corridor of your heart. And I believe if you come in with that expectation that God always meets us at that expectation, at the level of our expectation. One preacher said it like this, the atmosphere, the atmosphere for breakthroughs is all found in the expectation of the believers of God. When we expect God to move, breakthroughs begin to happen in our lives. Do you believe that today? Come on, let's give God a praise clap today. I'm out of time. I'm out of time. I will be back. We'll start our new series next week, but I just want to encourage you join with us, pray. Uh, you do whatever you feel the Holy Spirit tells you to do. And um, on our website, there's a lot of fasting resources as well. And I can't wait for Thursday. I just, all the Thursdays, I cannot wait. Do your best to get here. Come on, I would love to see this place packed out every Thursday in January and just going after God because I believe this will be our greatest year as a church and our greatest year as individuals. Do you believe that? Give God one more praise, clap of praise. Come on. One of the things that Pastor Jacob said was we need to unplug. And when we unplug, we plug into the source, which is Jesus Christ. Maybe there's somebody here today and you feel like you're unplugged. You feel like you're disconnected from God and you've been searching for different things and different places to fill that void and the only person that can fill that void is Jesus Christ and we want to give somebody an opportunity today to plug back in to God and it's it's very simple it's a simple prayer that that we all say and don't worry about it you're not going to say it by yourself we're actually going to say it with you online we're going to say this prayer with you if you could just bow your head at this moment and close your eyes is that you today? Do you feel like you're unplugged? Do you feel that you're far away from God? Well, in the next couple of minutes, you will be able to not only say this prayer, but have a brand new relationship with Jesus. Your past will be erased. What, what happened in your previous years will no longer be there because you will begin a fresh start with him. If that's you today, we're going to pray with you. But before we do, we want to know who we're praying for. So if, if you want to say this prayer and say yes to Jesus, just do me a favor. Just raise your hand right where you are. Just raise your hand. Thank you so much for that hand. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you right here in the middle. The Bible says that tomorrow is not promised, but you have an opportunity today to have a brand new relationship with God. If you didn't raise your hand the first time, but you would like to raise your hand now just raise your hand right where you are just raise your hand thank you so much for that hand thank you so much thank you thank you fuel church let's say this prayer all together say lord jesus i ask you today to come into my heart make me new make me whole i want to plug into you this year in jesus name amen thank you so much for tuning in today Please take a moment to subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast with others. You could take a screenshot, post it on your social media, and tag us. 
If you ever have the opportunity, we'd love for you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings. For more information on our locations and service times, please visit us at thefuelchurch.com. We hope this message inspired you to take your next step in your faith journey. See you next week.